Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Gear up, Dolphin fans, because it is about to be a wild offseason. Jake and Josh are piloting this ship as we prepare for a new era of Miami Dolphins football. If you don't already, follow them on Twitter at jmendel94 and at Houts. Help our community grow by hitting the subscribe button and leaving a review. We thank you all for the support. Now let's talk some football. What are we going to do without Miami Dolphins football? Well, the answer is pretty simple. We are going to talk about Miami Dolphins football. Welcome and thanks for joining us today. This is the Jake and Josh show. I'm Jake Mendel. Joining me as he does each and every show is Josh Houts. And Josh, man, I'm coming to the quick, quick realization of I have a lot more free time when the Miami Dolphins aren't playing football, man. It just seems like I have like three hours every day just in my back pocket because I'm not, you know, listening to press conferences or preparing for the week. It's just kind of, hey, I got a life now. Enjoy it now, man. I was telling you before we came on here in two weeks, I'm going to have a third daughter. So enjoy your life while you can, because once you have kids, that's all out the window. But um, Jake, it's a thrill to be able to come on here and talk about this Dolphins coaching search. And I don't know about you, man, but it just seems like it's the calm before the storm right now that just any day, you know, news is going to break. We're going to find out who the Dolphins favorite is in the clubhouse. But as of right now, we don't know a whole lot of anything. Yeah, and I think we'll probably start to hear more as teams are limited from the playoffs. I think that's just kind of how the business goes, right? You're not going to hire someone while he's still uh, chasing that Lombardi trophy. Josh, so before we get with the new, the new, new, let's start with the old, old. And uh, I want you to talk about this because I think this is such a weird way for the Brian Flores era to dissolve. I think that's one way to put it. It's just kind of like melting away at this point. Uh Man, did you did did where did you get this report? Because I'm shocked even just reading it. Brian Flores didn't talk to his coaching staff at all after the bye week. Yeah, what? I think that yeah, I think that was Marcel Louis Jacques from ESPN that said that, or one of the the I'm gonna say legit beat writers, one of the the guys that have been covering the Dolphins for you know 20 plus years. They reported this, so I mean that to me was just crazy because I mean uh, correct me if I'm wrong but if the timeline matches up, was that not like shortly after the trade deadline passed and that you know the fact that he was that all in on Deshaun Watson that he just neglected everyone else in his fan base. I mean, you're already hearing the rumors. I think um, the New York times might've confirmed it, but Brian Flores and Deshaun Watson have been in talks and they're trying to land at a spot together. So um, I have written down here. Flores did interview with the Houston Texans job. He also interviewed with the Chicago bears and uh, interesting note, Dolphins GM, Assistant GM Reggie McKenzie also interviewed for their vacant GM job there in Chicago. So could Reggie McKenzie and Brian Flores end up there? Jeff Island also had an interview. So I don't know, but I just thought it was completely crazy that, you know, we were sitting here, you know, not quite sure whose side to take, you know, Tua, we understand why Brian Flores had doubts, but you know, now mm-hmm. you're starting to hear these things. It's like, wow, man, Brian Flores truly sabotaged. I mean, he let this black cloud loom over this franchise. It destroyed the season and we're paying for it now, but uh, crazy to me, man, that he's, you know, this close to Deshaun Watson and they're trying to end up in the same place together, man. And like, 
it just goes to show being able to build a relationship, being able to talk to people is just such an important part of life. And it's such an important part of operating a business. And I just, it's such a, I guess, strange situation to be as a Dolphins fan where you have this relatively strong team. You had this relatively good coach and you got to sit here and kind of explain like, Hey, like they were playing well, but I can't see them really getting any farther than they were. Hey, we got nine wins. Hey, we got 10 wins. That's like, barely being out of the hunt where we should be excited about it. Uh, but I think as we've sitting here, as we're watching the wild card weekend, man, I think we kind of understand what the dolphins need to do. And before we get into these coaching candidates, I want to ask you, uh, we were kind of looking at some of these names before wild card weekend. And, you know, Dan Quinn is another name. I don't think we have on here that uh, has been rumored. I think he's interviewing with the team this week, uh, Leslie Frazier, a couple defensive guys, but there's a lot of offensive guys here. Would you have soured on should a wild card weekend impact how we perceive any of these coaches and any position group? Should that also adjust how we perceive how these weekends are going? Probably not, but you know how we are, man. We're definitely gonna good point. I mean, yep. you, you, saw, you, you saw the Kellen Moore, well, is it that that play call, uh, the QB draw or whatever they call it there? They tried to rush down the field and snap, spike the ball and take a shot in the end zone. I mean, everyone was crucifying Kellen Moore for that decision. So, um, I it's just crazy how quickly you know the tables turn. So, yeah, we're absolutely gonna say you're an overreact over what some of these coordinators did this past weekend. But Jake, I'm gonna ask you. I mean, we're sitting here talking about offensive defense. I mean, I don't know about you, man, but I've, we've already done this defensive thing. I mean, we realize that this defense, I don't want to say a step, but if you bring an offensive mind, a head coach, and they can bring in the right defensive staff, I think that defense is ready to go. So I don't know yeah. about you, man, but I'm looking over this list, and all I keep seeing is offense, offense, offense. Let's mostly spend today talking about the offensive guys. And Brian Dable, that's the first one. A lot of the sports books have him as the favorite for the Miami Dolphins job. I'm sure he's the favorite for a lot of different jobs. And, man, could you imagine that weekend if the Bills lost? If the Bills lost, then you have to go justify how good your offense is to Stephen Ross and Chris Greer the following day, because I believe he met with the Dolphins on Sunday. Same with Leslie Frazier, the defensive coordinator. But that didn't happen. We don't have to worry about that. That offense, man, went off seven drives, seven touchdowns before kneeling out the rest of the clock. Man, what did you see out of him? This is the most peak possible flavor of the moment situation would be to see what Brian Dable just did to the Patriots all inside of the AFC East. That would be, I mean, Stephen Ross, that, that would that not be the situation to open up the checkbook and say, whatever you want, here you go. It would. And then you think about, you know, how he had ties to Tua back at Alabama and, you know, everything there. So I absolutely understand why he's the favorite here. Jake, I don't know about you, but watching that game, the first thing I thought was, thank God the Dolphins didn't sneak into the playoffs because they would have got their yeah. ass kicked, man. So um, I liked what we saw to that offense. I mean, you mentioned it. They just drove downfield at will. They could not be stopped. But I guess the question I would ask is, is this because of Josh Allen? I mean, how much of a DeBole offense has to work around a guy like a Josh Allen, an elite quarterback, which let's be honest, the Dolphins do not have a Josh Allen. So that would be my only concern. But but you're right, man. Right now, his stock is at an all-time high, and I think this will be the year he ends up ultimately getting a coaching gig, and we mentioned it. He's the favorite right now for the Miami Dolphins job. Yeah, when he was the offensive coordinator before, we mentioned Reggie Bush and Brandon Marshall about how he was able to maximize the talent inside of his best players. Uh, but I did say I was concerned about getting everyone involved, being that, you know, blackjack dealer that we need to be. On Sunday, man, five Saturday, we had five different receivers with at least 36 rushing yards. Josh Allen was throwing the ball around, and Dawson Knox tight end led the way with 89 yards and two touchdowns. And if we're going to just talk about uh, underutilized tight ends, man, I mean, Mike Kosicki, if you're going to tell me that's going to be what uh, – 
that you're if you're gonna sit here and tell me that Mike Kosicki can't do what Dawson Knox has done all season in that Bills deep offense, I mean that kind of right there is a pretty interesting aspect for me. I know we all want to go quarterback, but I mean that tight end situation, man. When have we had a, a quarter a coach who knows how to utilize tight ends outside of you know calling a timeout to keep your linebacker covering a tight end? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe we thought Godsey could utilize tight ends, right? But, I mean, that Dawson Knox line, that reminds me, I mean, maybe they could get the most out of Hunter Long here. So, I, I don't know, man, oh. but it's great, great point there, um, which is what DeBowell could do to this Dolphins offense. You mentioned the tight ends, and I immediately brought up Mike McDaniel. He looks like he's the second odds-on favorite to get this job. A lot of Dolphins fans right now, I mean, are over the moon excited about this guy. But we talked about in the last podcast, George Kittle asked, jokingly said that he wants to get – Mike McDaniels etched into his contract. That's just how much he means to that tight end room, how much he means to that offense. So, I mean, I don't know about you, man, but we saw those 49ers. They upset the Dallas Cowboys at Jerry World. Like you said, they averaged 4.4 yards per carry, two touchdowns. And that, to me, is the biggest thing, Jake. I mean, we sat here and talked about how the Dolphins need a run game. I mean, that is what Mike McDaniel does best. I mean, we sit here and we talk about fantasy all the time. How often, you know, is there just some no-name running back in San Francisco that's getting 100-plus yards and a touchdown every week? So um, Mike McDaniel has the right system in place. He, honestly, would probably be my favorite right now based on the guys that Dolphins have lined up for an interview. But, um, you know, that could change any day, like you said, with the flair of the moment. What were your thoughts, Jake, and what did you see out of that San Francisco 49ers offense that gave you some excitement? But, again, we have to remember, Kyle Shanahan's calling plays. Yeah, I don't know if we should do a podcast together because I, I'm right there with you. I, I don't know if this is great content that I'm going to 100%. Agree. I, I think that Mike McDaniel should be the odds on favorite. Um, and the one stat that I think is the most interesting to what Mike McDaniel can do to this Dolphins franchise as it sits right now Jimmy G averaged 6.9 yards per attempt, 172 yards, and he had an interception. He's dealing with a thumb injury, but I don't think Jimmy G has been all that great this year. I think that Tua's ceiling is going to be somewhere in terms of that player like Jimmy G is just the accurate throws, the smart throwing. Uh, but Jimmy G does have that those mistakes a couple times a game. And I mean, if someone wants to go back and look at how many times we said Tua threw a, you know, an interception right into a linebacker's gut, I mean, those plays happen. So I just kind of see if we want to see that growth at a Tua, I just think that Mike McDaniel offense, that Kyle Shanahan offense just fits the mold of the most successful situation to put Tua in. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, man, having the 96 yards and then Debo Samuel on top of that with 72 yards on the ground. And Mitchell played like 71% of snaps. I mean, if you go through wildcard weekend and look at uh, each team, all of them have had a trustworthy primary back that, you know, 70% of snaps, 80% of snaps. That's not only something the Dolphins are lacking, but the appeal of having someone like a Debo Samuel who is going to, again, you're not going to just find a Debo Samuel, right? But someone who is going to take advantage of mismatches any way possible. Not, you know, we have to get Jalen Waddle out in a screen, even if it means it's in our own end zone. You know what I mean? He, he knows how to do that stuff the right way. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to sit here and say, you know, Debo Samuel and Jalen Waddle are similar players because I mean, you can look at their bills no, no. and know that that's not true, but I, I would love to see, you know, a, a guy like McDaniel come in here and use Jalen Waddle similar, you know, maybe use Lim Bowden. I mean, I kind of forgot that Lim Bowden's still around, man. I mean, mm -hmm. they have some playmakers here that could, you know, be an asset in the wrong game and also do things in the passing game, whether it be those screens or some of those plays that we saw. So I liked what I saw to Mike McDaniel's offense, but again, it was not Kyle, uh, Kyle Shanahan's calling the plays. So you do have to sit back and wonder, you know, mm -hmm. how much control does he have? But I mean, if that's your only negative at, when you're looking at a guy, I mean, I don't know, man. Again, I think he is the odds on favorite. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight, we'll break down. We break down who will be cutting cut. What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. 
Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Moving on, Josh, we got Doug Peterson, who's probably just sipping Mai Tais somewhere. I, I think I'd be okay with it because I think a lot of us would get excited once we look at the coaching staff he would bring with him. This is an experienced guy who, who knows how to win in the NFL, right? This guy's won a Super Bowl. I think that kind of fits what Stephen Ross is looking for in terms of that veteran. It's not a sexy name. It's not a flashy name. I would pick Mike Daniel 10 times out of 10 over that. Uh, but with Doug Peterson, you completely see a direction for the team, and you know they're going to see it through, which I think is interesting. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that would, you know, make me want a Doug Peterson over maybe a Mike McDaniel or some of those other guys is just what kind of staff he could bring in here because we know Doug Peterson could build a staff. You know, we've seen it. We see some of his coaches throughout the league. So that to me would be, I guess, why he'd be so enticing. And again, he was Dan Marino's backup, but probably sipping my ties is a perfect way to say this because as far as I know, the Dolphins have not interviewed or even requested an interview yet with Doug Peterson. But I, I don't know, Jake, do they even have to announce some of these interviews if these guys are, you know, on the shelf? I mean, I keep hearing Jim Caldwell's name out there. I mean, are these guys that the Dolphins could be meeting with behind the scenes? I don't know, but definitely Doug Peterson is an interesting name to watch. Another one, and we talked about in the last podcast, Byron Leftwich. I mean, this was a guy that Ben Albright reported the Dolphins, you know, rumored to have interest in him. We see what he's doing there in Tampa Bay. But again, I mean, how much of that is Bruce Arias? How much is that is, uh, you know, Tom Brady? I mean, you got to give them credit there, but we see Byron Leftwich do it consistently. So uh, I don't know, man. I continue to read down this list. And I mean, we're sticking with the offense. So maybe that's why all these names don't sound too bad, but I, Again, I would be intrigued by what Byron Leftwich could bring to this Miami Dolphins team, but I don't know, man. He seems like he'd be a better fit there in Jacksonville. Send that man home. Let him turn that team around. That would definitely be the right story uh, in that situation. And the key here is I think no matter what team you look at that you're trying to take a coordinator from, you can always say, well, it was it X, Y, and Z? Because 10 times out of 10, they're coming from a good team. Good teams have good quarterbacks, good head coaches, good coaching staffs, right? So Byron left, which is that another example. You mentioned Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, both being in the building. And this is where Chris Greer and Stephen Ross have struggled, right? Adam Gase, well, he's with Peyton Manning. Well, he also just struggled with the Bears. How much did Joe Philbin really do with Aaron Rodgers? Clearly not a lot. You know, those are, I guess, a couple of different things where you have to see, the, I guess, the concern of what the Dolphins are going into again, because we can have no faith that, you know, Stephen Ross, Chris Greer, the guys who are hiring this coach can identify where that line is of, hey, this play, this person was responsible for X, Y, and Z, and that is what we're looking for in a coach. Yeah, then at that point, it's just like any job interview, right? I mean, I think someone mentioned Mike McCarthy lied during his uh, Dallas Cowboys yep. interview. So, I mean, then at that point, you're just sitting here, you know, 
yeah, sure. I'm the reason that this offense is running well. I mean, if I'm Byron Leftwich, I'm, you know, I'm saying all the right things. But uh, Jake, definitely an interesting name there. Another one, Eric Bieniemy, And this is a guy who back when the Dolphins were going after Brian Flores, I was a pretty big fan of. I mean, mm-hmm. right now it looks like DraftKings. And yes, they are a sponsor of SB Nation. So we are using them. They have him as the odds on favorite. It looks like you have written down here. You practice against Pittsburgh on Sunday. I It took a while. It took a little bit for me to get that. But that's perfect, <laughs> man. And, uh, again, I guess my biggest concern there, my biggest concern with Bieniemy would be, you know, again, calling plays. I mean, I, for years, I've wanted to pick fruit from that Andy Reid coaching tree. Would love to see Eric Bieniemy. You know, what better name than a guy that's sitting there using that high octane, you know, responsible for some of that high octane Kansas City Chiefs offense. But again, I just have to ask, you know, well, what, why hasn't he already got a head coach job? And is it because, you know, he isn't the one calling the plays? Because that to me, from an outsider's perspective, is probably what's holding him back. In terms of guys, I think the team could hit the ground running with the most. I feel like Bieniemy is the perfect example of that. I think he's someone who would, Bring in the right defensive coach too. I'm not sure. I have, I have nothing to back that up. I'm just going to kind of fire that one off into the galaxy and see Sounds if it sits. Uh, but yeah, man, that, that's 100% the, the key. The question here is, hey, what, what? how much of an impact are you having on the offense? I mean, it's just like with McDaniel. I mean, players have been raving about the enemy for such a long time where it's hard to ignore the success the Chiefs have had and whatnot. Josh, Khaled Moore, man, talk about a weekend that is wow, just going wow. to change everything you do. Dude, I didn't hate the idea of running the ball there. One, you have to know that the ref has to touch the ball. Like, those are the parts of the plays you also need to practice, right? Like, it's not as simple as just, you know, running this play. It's, all right, how do we get back and how do we get lined up? How are we going to communicate the plays? How are the refs going to get in my way and make me trip or whatever it may be? Those things are so important. And I think that's the biggest thing we loved about Brian Flores, right? Those little details. He loved to hit in on those. I mean, seven game losing streaks. They weren't always successful, but when the dolphins were rolling, it was always because of those little details. And I don't think we saw those enough under that Kellen Moore offense this season. No. And especially not on Sunday. I mean, I think the biggest thing about that play is if it did work, I mean, would people not be praising him, you know, if they got down there and clocked that ball and then had a chance for a hail Mary there. I mean, I guess I mm-hmm. understand the mindset and the right and what he was thinking there, but I mean, you had Dak, man, you went out there and you pretty much lay an egg in the playoffs. And I guess that again is going to be what these teams remember, but 33 years old. I don't know if Kellen Moore will get a coaching gig this time around. I mean, we talked about in the last podcast, but uh, what he's done to that Dallas Cowboys offense, at least since Jason Garrett left has been, you know, at least a little bit of a breath of fresh air, but again, they just laid an egg in the playoffs, man. And I don't know what owner is going to look at that and say, you know what? I'd much rather have you over an Eric Bieniemy or a Mike McDaniel or some of these other guys after what we just saw. And again, he's only 33. Exactly too. I, I, do wonder how much of this is going to be just the conversation. I, I wonder how much of this is going to be how much of someone is an offensive line or Steven Ross, those guys are stuck on, hey, you you need to be the right person to lead the organization, right? You don't know if they're going to be stuck on those uh, recent burns or whatever it may be. Josh, we got four more here. Let's try to w- run through them because the odds for these guys aren't great, but, you know, pipe dreams, it's the offseason. This is what this time of the year is for. Jim Harbaugh. He's probably drinking milk somewhere. Long story short, I don't think I want him to be the coach. I don't see much of a future there. And in reality, man, I don't see Steven Ross smiting one of his favorite things for the other. It just makes no sense. Yeah, I got a little bit of heat yesterday because I said how upset I'd be if he let, you know, just sat back by the wayside and just watched Jim Harbaugh leave Michigan, his alma mater, go to the Raiders. I mean, that would make me upset, Jake, especially after he traveled cross country, you know, back in 2011. But I guess my biggest thing is you bring in a Jim Harbaugh. Part of me just wants him because I think, you know, 11 years ago, I was just so obsessed and, you know, in love with the idea of it. I thought he was going to be the next head coach of the Dolphins. But I mean, I guess what I would wonder is, is his heart there? And is this going to be a job where he just picks up and leaves after four or five years? You know, I mean, that's kind of been his whole MO. People mentioned the success or lack thereof yet at Michigan, but everywhere he's gone, man, he turns those programs around and, and has success. I mean, he almost won a Super Bowl with Kaepernick. So I love Jim Harbaugh. 
Marble. He will remain my pipe dream just because, again, I think a lot of it's just uh, what I remember back in the day. But I don't think Jim Harbaugh will be the next head coach of the Miami Dolphins because, let's be honest, if, if you're bringing in Jim Harbaugh, you got to get rid of Chris Greer, and that doesn't seem to be happening. On to the next one, Jake, Todd Bowles. I don't know how you feel, man, but Eagles couldn't do anything against the Bucs. He had a pretty decent game, and um, I guess my thing is we all remember Todd Bowles here. I mean, is this not just a maybe a, a better, more refined version of Brian Flores, you know, with better yep, people skills, coach. you know, might be able to bring in a better staff. I mean, that's all that would be to me. But, again, when you look at this defense in place, you know, maybe that's what Chris Greer and, and uh, Stephen Ross want. You know, we talked about Dan Quinn, and there aren't even odds here, but he does have an interview lined up later this week. I kind of talked myself into Dan Quinn a little bit when I spoke to other people because you looked at that offense that he had there in, in Atlanta and Mike McDaniel was a coordinator there. You know, he's built these decent staffs. So I guess that would be part of the lure there with Dan Quinn, but I think he's going to have his pick a litter with jobs, and I don't know if the Miami Dolphins job is going to be the right one for him. This guy, Nathaniel Hackett, this is our full-blown Charlie talking about the mail here. This is uh, what? He's the offensive coordinator for the uh, Packers, right? Yes, yes. So... Nathaniel, I'm scared you might be Joe Philbin Hackett. Um, he's all, he was off this weekend. The Packers had the one seed. Man, this is it. Chris Greer being a pushover. We know that's out there. You bring in someone like Hackett. Does Hackett bring Rodgers with him? Does Rodgers bring Devontae Adams with him? I don't know, man. And that would that that makes my ears perk up a little bit. I'm sorry. I definitely sniped you there. I didn't even see you had the Joe Phil, the joke underneath. It was just the first thing I thought of. So I, I don't know how you think about, feel about Hackett, but that's a name that, you know, I think he's starting to creep up even higher in the odds on favorite, but I don't even think the dolphins have requested an interview there. So definitely something to keep an eye on, but you mentioned it, man, if, if you bring in a green Bay Packer, you know, who knows what type of free agency they might try to space, man. Oh, that, that. Rogers can be the GM that that's he will be able to go somewhere and be the GM you know you see when Brady goes somewhere hell you see when LeBron and the NBA goes somewhere they don't give a shit about draft picks right it's nope. how much cap space we're bringing in x y and z because they don't you know they don't Mickey Mouse it they're gonna come in do their job and, and win so I guess that'd be the you know if you want to give Aaron Rodgers 80 mil to say build your team go win a Super Bowl in South Beach sure dude I I'd rather do that than have Brock Osweiler and Adam Gates going at it again <laughs> Yeah, nothing else has worked over the last 20 years. So, you know, why not just give Aaron Rodgers full control of the franchise? All jokes aside, though, Jake, the last guy on this list, offensive coordinator of the Rams, 36-year-old Kevin O'Connell. His odds are 16-1. to 1, And I think the biggest thing here, Jake, is that the Dolphins didn't even request an interview with him. It's Thomas Brown, the running back coach of the Los Angeles Rams that the Dolphins reached out to. So, I mean, after what we saw that offense last night, I mean, again, you wonder how much of it's Sean McVay, but – Dude, I mean, it seemed like I could just plug and play any running back into that system and good things would happen. So I don't know how much, you know, responsibilities Thomas Brown has, how much say he has in you no know, Cam Akers, Sony Michelle, Daryl Henderson's success. But uh, this is a guy who a lot of people around the league, at least some from reports, think is, you know, that next young offensive brilliant genius mind or whatever the hell you want to call it. So I'm intrigued by Thomas Brown, but I don't know much about Kevin O'Connell. What are your thoughts? I think about you, Sony Michelle, you mentioned it. Help Todd Gurley. You see how great a Sean McVay offense is when it has that bell cow running back and how important that is. And I think those are probably my favorite um, options for the upcoming coach is just those, those guys who can run that spread offense and run the ball so successfully. I think that is just so interesting. And I think that's such the right way to play. And Josh, I think if we keep going back to at that Miami defense, you know, the Cowboys offense was held to 17 points. The Cowboys, it was the 49ers defense that won that game, but 
it was the 49ers run game that allowed the defense to win the game. Right. So, I mean, it's not like you have to go and get in a shootout and put your defense in bad spots. I just think that having that power or that strong running game, I should say, would just synergize so well with the Miami Dolphins defense. I mean, you have to love what one of these, you know, Rams 49ers coaches would bring to the table in that aspect. Absolutely. Let's be honest. I mean, we're doing it with Mike McDaniel. I mean, I've seen Tony Sperano talking about Brian DeBole and Reddit. I mean, when we as Dolphin fans, no matter who they bring in, are going to get excited and try to spin this in the most positive way possible. Oh, yeah. So, you know, if they bring in a Kevin O'Connell or a Thomas Brown, that is going to be why the Rams are having Next success on offense. Yeah. Mike McDaniel, you know, Kyle Shanahan means nothing. It's Mike McDaniel that's so important <laughs> to that offense. So, I mean, that's the way I am, Jake. I mean, I'm looking over this list. I don't know that there's any names on here other than, you know, maybe some of those defensive guys that truly make me say, oh, hell no, I want nothing to do with that. But I guess, I mean, do you want to give out your, I mean, I guess we both settled on Mike McDaniel. Is that the guy that we're kind of leaning towards? I mean, I, I personally still like Derek the and kind of want to plant my flag in that just because mm-hmm. I did a few years ago, but man, I mean, is there a guy on this list that right now is your clubhouse favorite? I, I think I like McDaniel like you. I think that'd be a great favorite. Um, I don't like to be one of these guys who gets caught up at the moment, but man, I think I'm completely off the Caledmore bandwagon, despite, you know, starting that up what week seven, week eight, whatever it was. Yeah. And I mean, at the time, I mean, that was a great name and he's still, he's eventually going to be a head coach in the NFL and he'll be a great offensive mind, but you're right, man. After that performance, I don't know how you could sit here and, you know, choose him over these other guys, unless he goes out there and has the interview of his life and maybe he will. So I don't know, man, we're going to learn a lot throughout this week. And hopefully, you know, we start to hear more names surface because as of right now, I don't have a list in front of me, but I think there's six or seven names that the Dolphins are interviewing. And honestly, some of them that we discussed on this podcast, they haven't even requested an interview with yet. So Lots to come for the Miami Dolphins, man. Lots to come. That is content, baby. And if you want more content from Josh and I, be sure to follow us on Twitter at H-O-T-Z for Houts. I can be found at jmendel94. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. We're kicking off the new year. We're resetting the tag on our episode. So, Josh, I think we're back down to starting at episode one. Right. Yeah. Is, is that yeah. Unless, you, or... unless you want to wait till after the playoffs. It's up to you. I, I don't know if we hit our 100th episode yet. I really wanted to. Is this 99? Let's do when the league year starts. Okay. Let's do it when the league year starts. I think that'd be a nice, like generic, like odd new year, new us type of things. And we can celebrate the the new year two times over. Uh, But yeah, Josh, I I think that's all we have. And uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you soon. And um, most importantly here, what we always say, uh, fins up. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. Because we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami, you're talking Super Bowl Cause we're the Miami Dolphins